Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, great to be with you guys today. I did want to ask, how many of us, uh, you can say, this is the first time we've ever seen each other. Wave at me, so I want to know who's, a, who's new. And Okay, great, wonderful. Um, my, my wife, Janie, she stayed back. She wanted to hear Sam and, and uh, Becca talk this morning, so um, I had to come alone, which I really don't like, but uh, <laughs> got one of my staff guys, Dan, uh, with me, so we're, we're just glad to be here. And Samuel asked me, no, he didn't ask me, he told me, <laughs> he told me that I was speaking on baptism, so... Uh, I'm going to talk to you about water baptism, and I'm going to give you seven realities of water baptism. Uh, Sometimes people think of it, well, it's just like, you know, a traditional type thing that you do, but it is extremely powerful, and it is life-changing. First, I wanted to mention that Jesus himself gave us the example. Uh, Jesus goes to the Jordan River where John is baptizing, and John says, no, 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 I'm not going to baptize you. And Jesus said, it's necessary that we do this to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, I know people say, I don't need to get baptized. Well, you do to fulfill all righteousness, by the way. It's the right, it's, it's the right thing to do. And there's certain things that happen at water baptism. Again, it's not just a ceremony. But I want to start with two verses. Uh, in Acts Chapter 2, the church is born, Peter gets up and preaches, and the people said, men and brethren, what shall we do? It's interesting that that's what they ask. Uh, So often people think that Christianity is just about what you believe, but it's not, right? It's about what you believe and what you do with what you believe. So he says, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the church is born, and the the people believe, and they say, what do we do? He said, first thing you need to do is be baptized. It's interesting that in the book of Acts, where we see the church being born, immediately when a person is is converted, immediately they're baptized. I mean, like, immediately. Um, How many have been to Israel? Oh, my goodness. Just a few. All right. You you go to Israel, you go to Capernaum. Capernaum is where Jesus left Nazareth, and he moved to Capernaum. It's right on the Sea of Galilee. It's also where Peter lived. right? And uh, they have found Peter's house. And it's really, it's the real deal. Um, it's just right, not, it's very close to the synagogue that you can still go to today. Uh, it was converted into a church. One of the reasons they knew it was Peter's house. And I thought it was very interesting that in what was Peter's house that they turned into a church, there's a baptismal. There's a baptismal in the house, right? Now, they could have just gone down to the sea, but they, I mean, like, they want to see it and we want it done like right now. All right, so water baptism is a confession. It's an exit. It's a barrier. It's an exit. It's an answer. It's an identification. And it is a promise from God for more. All right? It's a public confession. 
that Jesus is now the Lord of your life, that, you're old, that you were, that you, I'll say it this way, you died with him, you were buried with him, and you arose with him, and you identify with him. Right? And it is a confession that you are a new person, right? and literally that you're, you're turning your back on your, your previous life and your, your previous culture. It's interesting that when Peter tells them to be baptized, two verses later, this is what he says, and be saved from this perverse generation. You know, most Christians today would say, well, just be saved from hell. Because that's what most Christians think Christianity is, just being saved from hell. But it is not. Now, if you're a Christian, you're saved from hell. If you're a Christian, you die, you're going to heaven. But that is not what Christianity is about. Jesus didn't come saying, hey, this is the way to heaven. But Jesus came saying, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here, it's now, it's available, and it's for you. He didn't talk about going to heaven. He talked about the kingdom coming. In fact, when he taught us to pray, he taught us to pray, say, your kingdom come. Well, I thought I was going there. No, no, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a picture of the kingdom, when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Number one, confession, excuse me, identification is a confession. And it's a confession of repentance, right? He said to, to, for, to, for every person to be baptized for the remission of sin that you might receive. Then he says that this, this promise of even more. In Mark's gospel, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Um, Again, when we think of saved, we think die, go to heaven. The Greek word is sozo. Look it up any place. It means to be saved, to be rescued, to be delivered, to be healed, to be made whole. It doesn't just mean die and go to heaven. Now, if you're saved, where you, when you die, where do you go? Heaven. Heaven. But what Jesus was talking about in baptism right, was not just you're going to die and go to heaven. He's saying there's certain things that you are saved from, rescued from, delivered from, become available to you at water baptism. Right? Now, believer's baptism right, is when one repents, turns from their old life, right, and moves in faith towards their new life. They repent and they are baptized. Right? Now, I was personally uh, baptized as a baby. Um, they told me, because I don't remember. Right? I don't know, a month old, something like that. They took me to church, and you know. And uh, they baptized they, they, they Really, they didn't baptize me. They sprinkled me. I got a dry cleaning, you know, just kind of sprinkle. <laughs> you know? Because the word baptize in the Greek is baptizo, by the way. And it means to immerse. That is literally the definition. When they were going to dye a cloth, they would baptize the cloth. When a ship sank underwater, it was baptized. Right? So they took me, they dry cleaned me. All right? But I didn't believe and I didn't repent. Now, somebody said, was it a good thing? I think it was a holy thing because my parents dedicated me. Right? But it was not believer's baptism. Right? Because for a believer's baptism, you need to believe, you need to repent. Right? So those are, those are necessary parts 
of water baptism. And somebody said, well, you know, I think baptizing babies is good. I just want to tell you this. It wasn't common in the church of the third century. Right? Origen talked about it and refuted it 100 years before that. Um, it, it, it was something that came to the church later. It was never New Testament water baptism, which is believe, repent, and be baptized. Uh, the example that is so often used is the uh, Philippian jailer. Paul preaches to him in his house, and they're all, they all believe, they're all baptized, they're all saved. But this is what it says. Maybe you guys got the ESV on this. This would be uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 34. The Amplified Translation says it this way, since he had believed in God with his entire family. So his entire family believed. Not just he believed, but his entire family believed. Um, we're looking for the ESV of Acts 16, not 19. How are we going to... I know they've got it. Do, do, is it... Am I the only one who sees it, or do you guys see it? You, you, oh, okay. All right. Well, they're not getting to it. But anyhow, the fact is, it wasn't something that they had infants who could not believe. Everybody believed. In fact, the Bible brings out that they all rejoiced having believed. All right. So, secondly, water baptism is a burial. Right? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone's in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. When somebody passes away, what do we do? We bury him. And that's literally what we're doing. We're burying the old man. Romans 6 says it like this. Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him through baptism. You are buried with Jesus through baptism into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, right, even so we should walk in newness of life. So our old man, we bury him. And the Bible says when you get baptized, what you're doing is you're burying the old man. You're identifying with Christ. Now, you not only are buried with him, you are raised with him. Because just like Jesus walked in newness of life, the Bible says we are to walk in newness of life. Now, the good news is this, that baptism is a happy funeral. Right? We're, glad, we're glad the old man is gone. Right? We're happy. And so it's a happy funeral, but it, we are burying the old man. When we get water baptized, we're saying, my old man's dead, and I'm leaving him in the water, in a watery grave. Water baptism is an exit, or it is a shaking off. Right? The Bible tells us back in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fa fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All right? So all through the Old Testament, we have pictures of, the new of what's going to happen in the New Testament. We have pictures of Jesus and we have pictures of the Christian life. And one of those pictures is when the children of Israel come to the Red Sea. Now, the sea opens up, and they walk through. The Bible tells us they walk through all night. All right? Now, there was a cloud that was there that was over them. And that cloud at night was a pillar of fire. Everybody remember that? 
So they go through the water, and they're baptized unto Moses. It's water baptism. But not just water baptism, because they're under the cloud, which is a type of spirit baptism. The Bible tells us they're baptized unto Moses in the sea and under the cloud. Both are there. It's interesting, when Jesus is water baptized, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove upon him. Water baptism, spirit baptism. But we're to shake off. This is an exit from the world. They're coming out of Egypt. They come to the Red Sea, and they pass through the sea, and the enemy is not able to come through the water. It's an exit from the world's system. In 1 John chapter 2, in verse 16, um, the New Living Translation says it like this, For all the world offers is only a craving for physical pleasure. And the desire or craving for everything that we see and a pride in our achievements and our possessions. But what happens is we are leaving the world and we're coming into the kingdom. And that's what water baptism is about. So we're no longer seeking the things of the world, but we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? And uh, the Egyptians try to come through and they're unable to come through. It says it this way in Psalms 136, verse 15. But he shook off and overthrew Pharaoh in his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy and his loving kindness endures forever. At the Red Sea, there was a shaking off of Pharaoh, of the oppression. There was a shaking off of the world. There are, I know of Christians that were Christians for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, right? And they had addictions in their life that they could not get rid of, right? And what they needed to do was shake them off, see? And there literally is an anointing, the power of God present at water baptism to shake off. That's what happened with, with the, the children of Israel. They shook off all of the oppression, the abuse, the slavery uh, that they had been under, it was shaken off at the Red Sea. Right? People today get water baptized, and some of them had, had avoided it for years, and they get free from drugs and alcohol and lying and cheating, from porn, from all sorts of junk, because water baptism is a perfect time, and there is an anointing from God to shake off, to shake off the old life, all right? So it's not just some ceremony, something dead, something religious. Water baptism is a spiritual reality with spiritual power. It's a barrier, right? This is what uh, God said through Moses. Moses uh, said, don't be afraid, stand firm. You'll see the salvation of the deliverance of the Lord brings to you today. In the Egyptians you see today, you will see no more again for ever. Again, it's supposed to be the shaking off. The, the, the oppression, the enemy, the bondage, what had destroyed their lives. Remember what Peter said, again, in the second chapter of Acts, as the church is born, the people say, what do we do? He says, be water baptized. And then he says, and be saved from this perverse generation. How many know Christians, we have a different culture. I hope you do. 
We are supposed to have a different culture. We are seeking first the kingdom of God, right? So we, we, we see here as they came to the Red Sea, there was a barrier that was put up. God said, you will see your enemies no more again forever. Previously, they were under Pharaoh's rule, Satan's domain. Pharaoh literally is a type of the devil, all right? In fact, it says over in 2 Timothy that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. In Hebrews 11, it says, And by faith they passed through the Red Sea on dry ground, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. That's sanctification. When we pass through the water and the enemy and his bondages are broken off, it's crushed. The world system stays in the water. I've said it this way before. Next week, let me say it like this. You're going to have a, a baptismal up here. And when you're done baptizing, these are going to be the dirtiest waters in Grand Rapids. Because there's going to be unforgiveness and bondage and sins to drugs and alcohol and pornography and cigarettes and temper and gossip and everything else. It gets shaken off. There's an anointing to shake it off. Right? In fact, God said, you'll see that, no more, that, that, that oppression no more again forever. The holiness comes through, but the old man is shaken off. Right? It's an answer. The Bible says that water baptism is an answer. 1 Peter 3, 21. Therefore is also an antitype. There is also an antitype. Talking about water baptism. That now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that water baptism is an answer of a good conscience towards God. So here's what that means in, in real practical language. I, I like the message Bible. Let me say it this way. The waters of baptism do this for you. Not the washing away of dirt from your skin, but by presenting you through Jesus' resurrection before God with a clear conscience. Right? So as you, baptize, you get baptized, you're turning your back. This is, this is the biblical way to say, my old life is gone and past, and now I have a new life in Christ. Now, it's an answer towards God, but let me tell you something else. It's an answer to the devil. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the one who is constantly talking about, you did this, you did that, you did the next thing, right? But when, when we go through the waters of baptism and we come up in newness of life, we say, devil, everything that you're saying may be true. I did what you said I did, but I'm not who you say I am because I'm not that person anymore. I'm in Christ. My old life is gone. My old life is paid for. Right? The Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That old man is buried. Right? In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, this is talking about Satan's strategies. Right? And it starts out, what we need to do is be sober, right? Be sober. Remember, Satan's name in the Bible, one of his names is the accuser of the brethren. To be sober literally means to not give place to negative speculation. 
When the devil tells you, you did this, you did that. Oh, they're thinking this, they're thinking that. You know, the Bible tells us that what water baptism does is it separates us from that old life that we had before, right? And now by faith, we are living in a, a new, new life. Now, somebody says to me, well, can I be rebaptized? Uh, I have, I've, every time we go to Israel, I bet you I have 50 people that come up, can I get rebaptized? 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 Um, first of all, I would say this, that if you were not conscious, uh, this, if you were baptized as a baby, you were dedicated, but you did not go through believer's baptism, right? you should be rebaptized. I was baptized as a baby, but once I repented and believed, I was rebaptized, right? Because really it wasn't a rebaptism, it was my first baptism, right? Now, somebody says, we're in Israel, we're at the Jordan River, right? And they say, can I get rebaptized? Well, honestly, here's the facts. You can go, Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it, the gospel, is the power of God to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the gospel is the power. That means this, that when the, the message of the gospel is proclaimed and believed, the power of the event, get this, the power of the event is available and present. Right? So we preach Jesus' resurrection. Right? When we believe it, the power of that event is present. The gospel is the power, right? So you can go back to your, if you're, you say, I got baptized when I was 18, but you know, I didn't understand everything. Um, I walked away from God for a while. You, you can go back by faith to the event. You can go back by faith to the event, all right? And receive now what you did not receive then. Or you can be rebaptized. I've rebaptized a lot of people, especially in the Jordan River. I don't know why. Everybody wants to get in there. Have you ever been there? We're, we're there again. There's, I mean, I'm like right here baptizing people. Right there, there's catfish this big. Look, watching this. <laughs> I mean, I, they don't scare me, but a man, when them ladies saw it, ah! <laughs> All right. And again, I was sprinkled. Well, how much time do I have? I got a sprinkle story. So, uh, years ago, I was, I, was, uh, I was out to eat with a, with a guy from church. And we went to a steakhouse uh, on uh, 44th Street, and um, I was having a steak. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I like ketchup <laughs> a lot. So I had this steak, and, and uh, I baptized it, but not like a Presbyterian. I mean, like, I baptized this steak, right? And uh, after a bit, I waved the waitress over, and I said, uh, you know, I'd like the bill. And uh, she said, that guy over there, he paid for it. I look at him, I think, who's that? And he gets up and he comes over and he lays down his card. He's the Hein ketchup salesman. <laughs> seriously, seriously. He says, uh, I had to buy your lunch. He says, I've never seen anybody enjoy ketchup as much as you do. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I pass through a church right down, down the street. So he came the next week, he got saved. So God can even use ketchup. Amen. And uh, I was uh, telling the story like 15 years later, and he stood up in the congregation. I'm still here. I'm still here. It's all true. It's all true. All right. 
But, uh, but uh, I said that to say believer's baptism is not just a sprinkle, right? Believer's baptism is immersion, right? It's an identification because we judge thus, the Bible says, that if one died for all, we believe that, Jesus died for all, then all died, right? If one died for all, then all died. Um, the Bible teaches very, very clearly, particularly in the book of Romans, but in other places, that we have an identification with Adam. Right? He was our representative. If you can think of it politically, he represented you in everything that he did. And how many of you know Adam messed up pretty bad? In fact, he messed up really bad. In fact, in, in the book of Romans, 49 times the word sin and sinned is used. Right? Now get this, 47 of them, it's a noun. So it has nothing to do with what you did, but it has everything to do with what Adam did. Right? It's Adam's sin imputed to you because Adam represented you. Right? Only twice is it a verb, talking about your sin. All the other times it's talking about Adam's sin and how his sin affected you and affected me. One man got us into trouble. The Bible calls him the first Adam. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says there was a second representative man. He's called the last Adam. The Bible says he's the Lord from heaven. He's Jesus. All right? So the first man got us into trouble because we judge thus, the Bible says, that if one died for all, just like one got us into trouble, one can get us out of trouble. All right? And that one died for all. And because he died for all, the Bible says then all died. In God's view, in God's justice, when Jesus went to the cross, you went to the cross. And when he died, you died. And when he was buried, you were buried. And when he was raised, you were raised together with him. Ephesians said, you're seated together with him, raised together with him, and seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ. And what water baptism is, is it is our saying I believe Jesus took me to the cross. I died with him. I was buried with him. And I was raised together with him. Romans 6, 4. In our baptism, we have indeed laid in his grave with him or in him. All right. In our baptism, we have indeed laid in his grave with him. But you just didn't go to the grave with him. You were raised with him. All right, And not only were you raised from the dead with him, but the Bible says you were raised and taken and seated in heavenly places in Christ far above principality, power, might, dominion, every name that's named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. In Galatians 2 and 20, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. He understood it. He was crucified with him. He died with them. He was buried with them. He was raised with them. And that is the picture of water baptism. Right? Now, lastly, water baptism is a promise of more. A promise of more. Jesus referred to it, the promise, as the promise of the Father. Right? Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive. So you get baptized, and then what happens? And you shall 
receive. All right? So there's something that happens after water baptism. Something that water baptism literally brings an anointing to receive. And he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, if we look in the Old Testament, they go through the Red Sea. There's water baptism. It's under the cloud, which represents spirit baptism. Jesus is baptized in water. The Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove, showing us the, the type, all right? The type that, that there's water baptism and then there's spirit baptism. So let me just talk to you for just about uh, four minutes, five minutes about this. In Acts chapter 8, we find it's about 20 years post-resurrection, right? Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. The multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice. Those that were possessed with them and many were paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in that city. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were all baptized, both men and women. All right. So he goes and he preaches Christ and they believe and they're water baptized. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be, are they saved? They're saved. All right. Now, verse 14, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost had not yet fallen upon any of them or none of them, as some translations say, only they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here we have people that have believed and are baptized, but they have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is automatically on the inside of you, instantaneous. But Jesus said that we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. And here we find people, they've heard the gospel, they believe the gospel, they get water baptized, but they have not yet received the Holy Spirit. I want to read it again. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they would come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Only they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when a person is water baptized, when they found out that they had believed and were baptized, they immediately came down to pray for them. Because when a person is water baptized, there is an anointing that is present to receive the Holy Spirit. A second manifestation or the baptism, the gift, many people refer to it as, as, as it is in places in Scripture, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and find some disciples. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit since you believed? I'll read it again. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? When you believe, it's automatic. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. He's on the inside, right? But the baptism in the Spirit is different because literally the baptism is, here's the difference. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit is on the inside like a drink of water. 
But how many of you know there's a difference between the drink of water and going swimming? Right? Because the Bible says you'll be immersed. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. First time I read that, I thought, they went to the same church I did. <laughs> now, we knew about the Holy Spirit because we quoted the Apostles' Creed. Right? And the Apostles' Creed mentioned the Holy Spirit. But other than that, in 20 years, I never heard one thing said about the Holy Spirit. Not in 20 years. And they said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, how then were you baptized? Because when you get water baptized, how many of you know you ought to at least hear the Holy Spirit exists? Because you're going to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you ought to at least know the Holy Spirit exists if you're getting water baptized. Right? And Paul said, well, John, barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him would come after him, that it's on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? And they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Now, notice it wasn't automatic. So often we think it's going to be automatic. And it can be. It can be. But if you look at Scripture, most of the time, that is, there's only one example where it was automatic. And that was the first time that Gentiles heard the gospel. And then what did Peter say? Immediately, he commanded them to be water baptized. Commanded them to be water baptized. He says, like, you guys, you got this out of order. You're supposed to get water baptized, then the Holy Ghost. So get baptized right now. I mean, he literally, that's what he did. He made them get baptized on the spot. All right? So here's what we're, we're, we're saying. Water baptism is not a ceremony. Water baptism is a spiritual reality with an anointing of God present to shake off the things of your past, right? And the Bible says it's also in, in a, a spiritual reality where the, the Spirit of God is present to be received, what we can call it the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and again, Jesus said, how much more will not the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if you have not been water baptized since you believed, I want to encourage you. Next week, both services, there's going to be an opportunity. And uh, I'm sure you can get online and find out all about it. So say, would you just bow your heads for just a moment? I, I literally went to church for 20 years and had no idea how to become a Christian. I thought that being a Christian was you do this and this and this and you don't do this, this and this. I, I was in a service probably not even half the size of this Sunday night service at a different church. And a young guy named Bruce came up and asked me, and I thought this was the stupidest question I'd ever heard. He said, would you like to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, and you're on your way to heaven? And when he said that to me, I thought, well, that's a stupid question. Anybody would want to know they're forgiven, that they're right with God, that they're on their way to heaven. 
but I thought you could not know. And he opened his Bible to Romans 10, and he shared two verses with me. Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I saw it, and, and I, I was like, that's in the Bible? And then Romans 10, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And right there, got down on my knees and prayed 49 years ago. And uh, that prayer is still working. My life has never been the same. And today, if you're not sure where you stand with God, you don't know. See, the Bible says, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. We're not supposed to die and find out if we're right with God. We're supposed to know. Know today. If you don't know where you stand with God, if you're away from the Lord, or if, if you say, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not right with God. I know I'm not right with God. I want to get right. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. Now, this is what I'm going to ask everybody to do. If you can, would you take hands with somebody that's next to you? And we're going to pray this. I want everybody to pray this prayer out loud from your heart. Make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I'm going to live for Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my King. He's my Savior. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer. My old life is gone. I'm a part of your kingdom. Today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every head still bowed, every eye closed. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, and you say, Pastor, I, I prayed the prayer, and I meant it. I was away from God. I wasn't right with God. I prayed this prayer. I meant it, and I've given my heart, my life to Jesus. I'm going to live for him. When I say three, would you squeeze the hand of that person that's next to you? One, two, three. Squeeze the hand. I prayed the prayer. I meant it. I've given Jesus my heart and my life, and I'm going to live for him. Now, I'm going to count to three again, and if someone squeezed your hand, would you just lift it up? One, two, three. Lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. Father, we pray for everyone who's just given their heart and their life to Jesus. And we pray, Father, that they would grow strong in the Lord the power of your might. We pray you give them great hunger for your word and revelation in your word. We pray you surround them with Christians to help them in their new life. And we pray, Father, their faith will never fail. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.